0: Stephanie Hanson, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And there is a little talk around town that kind of keeps bubbling up. And it is about quebracho empanadas. And people are crazy about empanadas. I don't know like what it is, but you put something, you put filling inside a dough pocket and people are really excited about it. So I'm here today with Bailin Rodriguez, and she is the founder of Quebracho Bracho Empanadas. And like, again, I don't know what it is specifically about empanadas, but people are crazy about them. Wouldn't
1: you say? I think so. Yeah. Well, they're such a versatile item that, you know, it just uh, it's a good item for any kind of situation in your day.
0: It's kind of like, too. I wonder if, because people are also really crazy about dumplings, like anything that's kind of in a surprise rolled up little packet, people get real excited about.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just, you know, that little surprise element, but also the practicality and convenience behind it.
0: Yeah, of carrying a handhold. So, when did you start making empanadas?
1: Well, this goes back way back in time. You know, I I started making empanadas, gosh, I don't know, maybe when I was six, seven years old with my grandma Yaya back home. Uh, You know, both my grandmothers were really big into cooking. Grandma Yaya, she is my mom's mom and she was always more on the savory side of things. Mm -hmm. So I would get to learn all, you know, like the entrees and the big dishes from her. And then Grandma Alcira, my Dad's mom, she was more, she had a really big sweet tooth, tooth, and so I learned all the desserts and, and whatnot from her.
0: Where did you grow up?
1: I grew up in a city called Rosario in Argentina. It's a relatively big city, so there's, I think right now, 2.5 million people in the space of the Twin Cities, so it's a very dense city, and it's just north of Buenos Aires.
0: And when did you move to Minnesota?
1: I moved to Minnesota in 2012. How did you
0: find yourself here?
1: Uh, Well, I got to thank my husband, Rob, for that. So Rob, he's from the North Shore, Silver Bay, and we met back in 2006 in Colorado. I was doing sort of like a student exchange program or a work and travel program, I should say, right, you know, in the midst of college. And he happened to be living there and we both worked for the same ski resort,
0: which resort did you work at?
1: Beaver Creek in the oh, Vale Valley.
0: Boy, I love Beaver Creek. Lucky. Yeah.
1: Very nice place. Yeah. Very exclusive place. too. It's just a lovely yeah. place
0: to ski. Oh my gosh. And they give you hot chocolate chips when you, hot chocolate chip cookies, when you get off the lifts. They do. They do. That's not, That's right. Yeah. I'm a big fan. So you find your way to Minnesota and then you get out of college, did you start making empanadas right away or did you do other things?
1: No, not right away. So I would say my journey with food was you know, rooted in homesickness here. So when I first moved here, I actually followed what I had studied for in Argentina. So in Argentina, I went to college for scientific translation and interpreting. So very different from food. Yeah. I became specialized in medicine and I was uh, doing translation of clinical trial protocols back home, so naturally, when I moved here, I try to find. Okay. Yeah. So when I moved here, you know, naturally, I try to look for something in the same field, um, and I got a job as a Spanish interpreter in HCMC in downtown Minneapolis. Sure. So That's I meant kept to be that a job. really
0: interesting job.
1: It was, it was, you know, I think it was fantastic because it brought, you know, what I went, uh, you know, what I had studied at home, but then also it connected me with a whole new population and just being able to do work, um, you know, community interpreting. So, um, it was exciting from the point of view that, you know, we were in uh, the OR and the ED and, you know, got to learn a lot more about the field, but then also get to know a lot about the human, you know, the, the, the humans involved in the situation. So you get to know a lot of people, a lot of interesting stories, and then you connect on a much more different level.
0: It's not surprising to me that you have this sort of analytical side of you, because as a baker, or someone who's interested in pastry, you need a lot of precision, typically. Now, I know empanadas are a little more rustic, but How did you, so you've always made these and I assume you started making them for friends and family and then someone said, aha.
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, the journey with food started, I think somewhere near uh, in 2015. So I started cooking purely out of homesickness. So we had uh, my husband's family here and I would cook for them. And then, you know, we met a few people here, became friends and then we would invite them or bring food to their houses. Um, and that sort of like ignited something in wanting to say, well, I kind of want to make something out of this hobby. So I started volunteering. I got a, my first job in the food industry was at Honey and Rye in St. Louis Park. Sure. So I worked there on Saturdays. Uh, and then I worked at Eden Prairie, uh, uh, at Tempiello in Eden Prairie in the wood-fired oven. So that's when I started, you know, working the line. And then I did a stage back home in Argentina with Francis Malman at one of his restaurants. And then finally, I got a job at the Bachelor Farmer.
0: Wow, great career there. So you've had all this experience with restaurant folks and packaged goods is kind of different. So how did you make that leap from, you know, I'm making these empanadas to I'm going to go into packaged goods?
1: Yeah, very different path. So when we opened Cabracho, we thought that we would want to end up having something very similar to say certix. So a meat and cheese, I think you Stephanie have seen the work that I did before, you know, yeah. in At the bachelor farmer i got to participate a lot in their charcuterie cheese uh you know fermentation program so i was very very lucky that way that i got to learn so much you know all these detailed recipes and you know when i left the bachelor farmer i thought okay well maybe i'll try something in this particular niche but then the pandemic forced us to shut down and i found myself being furloughed from the hospital i still had the job at the time I had nothing with Cabracho because every single event that I had booked until the spring of 2021 had gotten canceled. So my husband and I sat down and we said, "Okay, well, what do we do now? Do we close for good? Do I try something new? Do we give Cabracho another try?" And I really wanted to keep the company. It's such a, you know, it has a special place in my heart. It really brings together my my roots, my culture, my story, what I enjoy doing as well. So we said, Actually, Rob was the one that said, well, so many people have been asking about frozen empanadas, frozen food in general. Everybody's tired about cooking at home. Everybody still wants to support local businesses. So we said, okay, let's go ahead and do this. We signed up in six farmers markets. We came up with the most basic packaging we could. And off we went to six farmers markets in town to test the product.
0: And when you were at farmer's markets, did you just have one flavor or did you do like a vegetarian and then a meat one?
1: We had all three. So we had the flagship empanadas, as we call them, our cheese, uh, I'm sorry, our chicken, beef, and then spinach and ricotta cheese. And right before the pandemic, we also had a rotating program of seasonal empanadas that would change on a monthly basis. And that's, you know, that was what we did to highlight the wonderful local produce that we could get here, our relationships with small local farmers. But then obviously with the pandemic, we said, OK, let's just go ahead and focus in these three. And then obviously that is something that we can come back to as the company, the, the new company starts expanding.
0: And how many empanadas were you selling a week at farmer's markets? Because that was during COVID too, when they were like basically handing you orders through your car window.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think the most we got to do at that point must have been anywhere between 70 and 90 dozen a week.
0: Okay, that's a during lot. The it,
1: yeah, it was. It was, it, it was amazing to see that people welcome the concept so well.
0: And at this point now, where are you? Because are you just selling retail? Are you also selling farmers markets? And are you in a commercial kitchen?
1: We are. Yeah. So we're not at farmers markets right now, you know, approaching the end of the the season here. Uh, But we have expanded to 60 stores. We are in three states and uh, have two distribution partners. And then we also do e-commerce as well. So um, I would say that we've grown to anywhere, depending on on the season, right, uh, up to close to five hundred dozen a month, uh, a week.
0: Wow! So the pandemic for you has almost been a money maker. I mean, because you've completely transformed your business.
1: Yes. Yeah. It completely changed who we are, and I think you know it made us realize, wow, you know. I, I had no idea, you know, that my grandma's recipes could be such a popular item. And it makes me really happy to see, OK, wow, OK, I can really share these and I can bring the concept to not just the Twin Cities. But now we have people in Grand Marais buying them. We're in Chicago, uh, different places in Wisconsin. So it's it's been very rewarding that way.
0: And do you think you'll just keep on this path and grow with more stores? And what is your capacity? Is there ever a point where you can't keep up?
1: Uh, Yes, definitely. I think that what we see for Cabracho is that we want to become a mass retail company or brand at this point. And we would love to continue expanding the name and the brand and bring it everywhere in the United States. Uh, We are in conversations for expansion right now. Um, a little bit too early to, to confirm anything, but, uh, we are talking to more chains and we are taking steps already for 2022 that could potentially bring us to 10,000 empanadas a day.
0: Wow. Imagine that your grandma (laughs) would be would be real proud.
1: She is, she is, you know, we try to keep her updated on, on everything that's happening with the company. Um, we we try to t- stay in touch fairly often. She's in a nursing home right now in Argentina. She got moved right before the pandemic, so it's one of those things where you know we try to connect with her as much as we can.
0: Is your husband working with you full time then too?
1: He's not. He's actually a beer brewer at Inbound in in downtown Minneapolis, sure. and he has been doing that for. I would say about four years now. He's very happy. It's a wonderful company that he's working for. And he does help with Cabracho a lot, though. He's involved in every single aspect, but still has his full-time job, too.
0: So if local Minnesota folks want to find you and maybe put you on their holiday appetizer table, or if they're doing any entertaining for the holiday season, because they're great for entertaining because you can heat them up and they're handheld, where should they find you?
1: They can find us at every co-op in the Twin Cities, so anywhere from Sewer, the Wedge, East Side, Lake Winds, and we're also in Kowalski's. We're going to be doing in-store demos for at many locations. So keep an eye on our social media. And we're also going to be doing some special sales. So folks that haven't tried them can get a chance to give them a try for the first time. Or, you know, like you said, Stephanie, include them in their holiday, in their holiday meal.
0: I love it. I can't wait. And do you, when you have an empanada, it's kind of a handheld item, but you can dip it in different things too, right?
1: You can. Yeah. That's what I try to tell folks. It's a very versatile item. You know, you can have them as a handheld item for a party, put them in a platter, make some chimichurri. There's different sauces, aji kriosho. Uh We actually have a blog in our website with some recipes that folks can go and, and and research just to get some ideas and inspiration, but then also you can you, you can eat them for a very light lunch if you're on the go. I like to you know serve them with a side of greens at night. Rob and I like to have them with maybe a small cup of soup. And we've actually heard from folks serving uh, our empanadas with a sunny side up egg and maybe oh, a cup okay. of orange juice for breakfast on the weekend. <laughs>
0: I love it. Uh, Thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your success. You've done an amazing job. And I just wish you guys the best. Thanks for being on the program.
1: Thank you, Stephanie, for inviting us. It's been a pleasure.
0: We will talk soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.